Loving, kind Heavenly Father, you are that solid rock that we stand on. For the rest is sinking sand. Heavenly Father, we are privileged people to come in your presence this evening. We want to appreciate you for this opportunity that you have given us, King of Glory, to come and worship the true and living God, our Savior, our healer, our all in all. We ask you, King of glory, that you forgive us of all our shortcomings. Wash us with your dear precious blood. Accept us in your presence, Heavenly Father. Lord, we are longing for you. We need you, Father, to help us in this hour. You are the only one who knows the way, King of glory. We don't know the way. Therefore, Father, we are depending on you. Help us, Father. Speak to us this evening. I commit my whole being in your precious hands. And Lord God, this fellowship, your children, Father, even those ones who are not here, some of them are on the way, coming, Father, for this fellowship. I pray, Lord, that you hasten their feet. Lord, speak to us, King of glory. We are longing for you, King of kings and Lord of lords. We love you, we worship you, we adore you. We bless your mighty and wonderful name. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I greet you the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ and welcome you to this fellowship. Let us start in our Bibles for the reading of the word. We shall read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 from verse 14. <coughs> now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient towards all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Chapter 4 from verse 14. Kubanga wetukirizanga Yesu yafana azukira. Era katonda alireta bwacho abeba kakubwa Yesu wamuna ye. Kubanga echo chetuburira mu kigambo cha mukama wafe ngafe abaramu abasigaro okutuso kucha kwa mukama wafe te tulisoka abebaka. Chapter 
Oh, sorry, this is chapter 5, not 4. I'm sorry. This is chapter 5, chapter 5. Amen. First Thessalonians, chapter 5. From verse 14, not chapter 4. Era tuwa buwili abu Uganda mnenyenga abata tambula bulunji mugumienga abalino moyo o munafu muyambenga abata rina manyi mugumikirizenga eribona marabe o munti yena aremenga oku walana echibi orwechibi na ye enakuzona mugubeirenga echirunji mwekana mweka Neri wana musanyukenga enakuzona musavenga obutayosa Amen musavenga obutayosa continue akanyira ke 18 mweba zenga mu kigambo chona kubange cyo katonda cyabagariza mu Kristo Yesu je muri Amen Amen may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word you may be seated. Paul here is telling us, verse 18, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen. Amen. In everything, give thanks. That's just what I want us to share this evening. In everything, give thanks to the Lord. That is my topic. In everything, give thanks to the Lord. In everything, appreciate the Lord. For it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen? Amen. God does not want us to thank him or to appreciate him only in good times. Or only when he blesses us. But he wants us to thank him in all times. He does not want you to thank him when he gives you good health. Only. He does not want you to thank him when only he blesses you with an item, a car, or something like that. Of course, during that time, we are supposed to appreciate him. When God gives you good health, we are supposed to appreciate him. When he gives you what to eat and drink, we give thanks for whatever we take. Amen? Amen. Before we partake of it, we give thanks. When he gives us wealth, we are supposed to appreciate him. We bring items here to be dedicated that God has blessed us with. He blesses you with a car, you bring it in appreciation and in dedication. He gives you a phone, he gives you any good item. Because we believe that all good 
things come from the Lord. But do you know that even God expects us even to thank him in bad times. You mean, Brother Nathan, even if I lose my loved one, I should appreciate the Lord? Oh, yes. Even when I'm sick, still you are supposed to thank God. Even when I lose my job, God knows why you have lost that job. That's why Paul is telling us, in all things, give thanks to the Lord. For it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Do you know that as a child of God nothing will happen to you without the knowledge of your heavenly father. And you know that he has all the powers to stop that thing from happening to you? The Bible says the angels of the Lord encamp round about those ones who fear him to deliver them. In other words, you always have an angel who walks around you to save you and deliver you. God himself is ever watching you. So nothing can happen to you without the knowledge of your heavenly father. The Bible says in Matthew 10.29 the Lord Jesus Christ was saying are two sparrows sold for a penny and they are they sold for a farthing or for a penny yet none of them can fall to the ground without the knowledge of your heavenly father and he went on to say, but all the number of your hair is known by the Lord. And he says, but yet you are more than many sparrows. In other words, God knows whatever takes place. God has all the powers to stop it. God knows the number of your hair as your child. And he says for you, you are far more than the rest of those things that he knows. You are far more than many sparrows. So nothing can happen to you without the knowledge of your heavenly father. David said in Psalms 139 he said Lord you have known me. You have searched me and you have known me. You know my down sitting. You know my uprising. You know my thoughts are far off. 
You have beset me behind and before. And you have put your hand upon me. And he said, such knowledge is too great for me. I cannot fathom it. In other words, God knows everything that happens to us. And he has all the powers to protect us. So he knows everything. But sometimes he allows situations to come our way. He said he's the shepherd. He is, he's the good shepherd. And he's the door to the sheepfold. And the prophet explains it. When the Lord said, I'm the door to the sheepfold. For the rest, those ones who came before me were thieves and you know robbers. But I'm that good shepherd. And I'm the door to the sheep. And the prophet said, in the east in Palestine, where they rear a lot of sheep, a shepherd is the one that leads the sheep. He goes ahead. And the sheep follow him. He knows where good pasture is. He knows where the still water is. After he has fed the sheep, he brings them back to the fold. And he counts them one by one to make sure they are all around. And then he lies on the doorway. To an extent that nothing can reach where the sheep are. So the Lord knows everything that pertains to us. We are the apple of his eye. That's what the Bible says. Those are scriptures. We, his children, we are like the apple. We are not like, but we are the apple of God's eye. Can you imagine? How can anybody touch God's eye without his knowledge? Or when he has not allowed it? So nothing can happen to us without God, our Heavenly Father, accepting it. But sometimes he allows things to happen to us just for a purpose. The Bible says one time sons of God came to present themselves before God. And Satan came among them. And God asked him, Satan, where are you coming from? He said, from walking all over the world. Walking to and fro and up and down. And the Lord asked him, have you come across my servant Job? 
perfect and upright man. A man who fears me. And he who ensures evil. And Sarah told him. But you have put a hedge around Job. You have blessed the work of his hands. You have increased his, you have made him so substantial all over the land. He has a lot of wealth. You have put a hedge around him. Take that wealth from him. And he will curse you to the face. And the Lord said, Go ahead. But make sure you don't touch his life. And the Bible says, Job was there. And then one of his servants came and told him, You see, the oxen were plowing and the asses were grazing around them and the Sabians came and he took all of them and killed all the other servants and the only one who has remained. And shortly after that, Another one comes. Your sheep were grazing. And fire came from heaven. And hit them. And they all died. I'm the only one who has survived. And shortly after that, bad news. Another one comes. Your camels were grazing. And the charities came. And hit them and took all of them. And killed your servants. I'm the only one who has survived. Shortly after that, another one comes. Your sons and your daughters. They were feasting in your firstborn's house. And a great wind came from the north and hit that house. And it collapsed on them. And they all perished. And the Bible says, when Job had that, he rent his mantle. He shaved his hair. He covered himself with ash. And blessed the Lord. He said, The Lord gave. The Lord has taken away. I came naked from my mother's womb. Naked will I. God gave me, God has taken away. The name of the Lord be glorified. Can you imagine that kind of frustration? Someone who has been so rich, but now he loses everything. All his wealth is taken. And on top of that, his children, but the Bible says, in spite of all that, Job did not curse God. He just gave thanks. God gave me. 
God has taken away. I came naked. Lord, Lord, you had blessed me. Now all that has been taken. May your name be glorified. And we know the whole story. It did not stop on that. The devil goes again to the Lord. And God asks him, Have you seen my servant Job? And he said that there is him. Skin for skin. Flesh for flesh. Touch his body. And he will pass you to the face. And the Lord gives him a go ahead. Go ahead, but don't destroy his life completely. And he starts on Job's body. Until Job, his body was smelling, full of pus. Until his wife told him, why don't you cast that God and die? But he said, you are speaking like a foolish woman. Shall we expect only good things from the Lord? In spite of all that, he didn't cast God. And we see that after a long period of suffering, God had to restore everything that he lost. Job did not know why such things were taking place. Why his life was being frustrated. He said that when two elephants fight, the grass suffers. So there was kind of A challenge between God and Satan. But here, a faithful servant, a perfect man before God, Job is suffering unknowingly. But after all that suffering, God had to restore him. So, brethren, in all things, Paul is telling us we should appreciate the Lord. Because he has a purpose. Why did things happen? Brother Abraham talks of a certain pastor who had a lot of challenges in his life. His church had kind of they had turned against him and he was praying about it. It had disturbed him a lot. And one time he had a daughter who was due to deliver and her husband was taking her to the hospital to deliver and they had a small daughter with them and on the way they had a head on collision and they all perished and what came to this pastor your daughter is dead. Your son-in-law. Your granddaughter. And even this unborn one is also, they have all perished. In a car accident. Can you imagine a man 
whose charge is in turmoil and here such a thing happens to him and the prophet says that man went to seek the Lord he was in great pain and despair he was asking the Lord Lord why all this and when he could not get an answer the peace of God came upon him and he started singing that song in moments like this I sing out a song I sing out a song to the Lord oh I love you Lord in moments like this I sing out a song the peace of God which passes man's understanding came and took over Brethren, anything can happen to you and me. It can be so grievous like that incident that happened to that pastor. But nothing will happen to you without the knowledge of your heavenly father. You can lose your job. You can lose your your loved one. You can lose your good item. Something bad can happen to you. But in all things, God is in full control. He says in Philippians 4, I think 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything. Uh, but in prayer no and supplication no and thanking bring you all your desires unto the road and even the peace of the road that surpasses everything keep you in our road Jesus Christ so which situation are you going through the Lord is in full control of every situation. Our Lord, he is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the one who started that good work in you. He is the one who is sustaining it. He is the one who will accomplish it. He is the architect of your salvation. An architect is the one who knows everything about the plan, the building that he wants to build. He knows about the plumbing of that building. He knows how the wiring of the building will be. Everything about the building belongs to that person. Sometimes when you see big buildings, they normally put people who are behind the building of that structure. They'll show you the owner and number one on top 
They put the architect, then the engineers, and you know, the surveyors. Jesus is the architect of our salvation. The rest, like fivefold ministries, are also there. But he's the one who knows everything. He started. He's upholding. He will accomplish. The one who started, he will accomplish. And everything in between, he knows about it. Whether good or bad, whatever will come your way, he knows about it. And our journey along this Christian walk is not a flowery bed of ease. It has a lot of trials. It has valleys and mountains. But amidst all that, the shepherd is leading. Just like David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He leads me. He leads me. He's the one in full control. He's the one who is leading. Despite bad situations, the Lord is in full control. So, whatever will happen to you, He knows. He's that wonderful driver who is on the steering wheel. He is the head. We are the body. He's the one who is supposed to think for you. The head is the one that thinks for the body. If it is in its right mind, the head will tell the body, now you are cold. You are cold, cover yourself. You are hungry, eat. Now you are so tired, you can rest. And Jesus Christ is the one who is supposed to think for us. The Bible says, the government shall be upon his shoulders. He's the one who is supposed to govern his church his body he's the one who's supposed to lead it he knows the way we don't know the way but what he expects from us is to entrust his, our lives to him listen to this scripture first second Corinthians Chapter 5, Surah Yakutan, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Corinthians Echokubidi, Surah Yakutan, from verse 14, Kufa Kanyiri Akekuminanya.
It says, for the love of Christ constraineth us, because with us judge that if one died for all, then we are all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Kubango kwa gara kwa kristo, kutuwariza ngaturo woza bweturi. Kubanga o kwa gara kwa kristo, kutuwariza ngaturo woza bweturi. Ngomu ya wafirira bona bona chebava bafa. Na hii ya firira wana abaramu barimenga okubeira abaramu na te kubwa weboka. Wawura kubwoyo hii ya wafirira na azukira. Amen? Amen. For the love of Christ constraineth us. Because one died, therefore all were dead. And he died that they that live should henceforth not live unto themselves. But should live for him who died and rose again. Jesus died for everybody. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him may not perish but have everlasting life. But now those ones who accepted him, those ones who live, he died for all. He died for the whole world so that they that live they that accepted him they that gave their lives to him they that were quickened by him should henceforth not live unto themselves but should live unto him who died and rose again. In other words, after, immediately after accepting him, from that moment, hence that moment, you should not live for yourself. God expects you to live for him. God Amen. expects you to surrender all your life to him. God expects you to take the, his full will. Just as we sing in that song, thy will is mine, whatever it be. God expects you to think for, he expects to think for you. That's why the Bible says, let the, 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 the mind that was in Christ be in us. He expects you to surrender all to him. Where he's leading you, he knows. He's the architect of your salvation. He's the only one who knows the way. He's the leader. He's the guide. We are supposed to follow him. Where he leads me, I will follow. If he leads you through hardships, through valleys, through mountains, that is his own will. 
He's supposed to think for us. I know And he says, I have good thoughts about you. Thoughts to give you an expected end. Oh, that is wonderful. The architect of your salvation, he has an expected end for you. Whatever is in between that journey, that is up to him. He's the one leading. We are supposed to follow. Here, what the prophet says, he was telling the church of Smyrna as they were going through hardships during the dark ages being killed and persecuted by the Catholic Church being beheaded Jesus just said I know I know what you are going through but yet he could not stop it. He just allowed it to continue for a purpose. He says, Now the Lord Almighty says, I know. There he's walking in the midst of his people. There he's the chief shepherd of the flock. <coughs> but does he hold back the persecution? Praise be to God. He just spoke and said that I know. I know what you're going through. I know your suffering. Yet he had authority to stop them, but he left them to remain. Amen. Amen. But does he hold back the persecution? Does he stem the tribulation? No. He does not. He simply says, I know your tribulation. I'm not at all unmindful of your suffering. What a stumbling block this is to so many people. Amen. Amen. What a stumbling block. It is to many people. Yeah, just to hear that he just knows. And he has all the powers to remove it. But he leaves it to continue. Like Israel, they wonder if God really loves them. How can God be just and loving? If he stands by and watches his people suffer. That is what they ask in Malachi 1, 1, 1.3. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord. Yet he said, Wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, said the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob and I hated Esau. And I laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. You see? 
you see they could not figure out God's love. <laughs> they thought that the love they thought that love meant no suffering. They thought that love meant a baby with a parental care. But God said that his love was elective love. The proof of his love is election. No matter what happened, his love was proven truly by the fact that they were chosen Unto salvation. Because God has chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and the belief of the truth, He may commit you to death. As he did Paul. He may commit you to suffering. As he did Job. That is his prerogative. He is sovereign. But it is all with a purpose. If he did not have a purpose. Then he would be the author of frustration and not of peace. Amen. Amen. His purpose is that after we have suffered a while, we would be made perfect, be established, be strengthened, and settled. As Job said, he puts strength in us. You see? He suffered himself. He learned obedience by the things that he suffered. He was actually made perfect by the things that he suffered. Amen? Amen. So the Lord was telling this church of Smyrna throughout the persecutions. I know what you are going through. And the prophet is telling us God may subject you to suffering. He may subject you to hardships. Just like he did to Paul. How Paul was persecuted, how he went through shipwrecks, how he beaten. Oh, as how but he says he does it for a purpose. If he did not have a purpose, he would be the God of frustration. But our God is not a God of frustration. He is a loving God. And what shows that he loves us is because he elected us. That is what proves his love. That in this evil, wicked age, God gave you an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He gave you an eye, spiritual eye, to understand the age that we are in and the message that he has sent you. His love is elective. But he may subject you to 
suffering and hardship. And the prophet is telling us, he does all that just to perfect us. He does all that just to give us strength. Just like Job said, he puts strength in us. Our prophet said, sometimes wind comes and shakes a tree two and four until that tree is almost falling. And the, the roots kind of are uprooted. But still it keeps on hanging just maybe on a small taproot. But then he says, as it is growing, it keeps on you know, pushing the roots further. So those waves, the winds, they come to shake it. But after some time, it pushes those roots further in the soil. And it pushes them deeper. And it gets stronger. So that when another wind comes, it will find it more strong. God allows these winds to hit us so that we are strengthened. So that we are more established. He puts strength in us. Whatever he does is for a purpose. He's not the author of frustration. He's the author of peace. And the prophet is telling us even he did that to his own child. Because the Bible says though he was a son Yet he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. All things work together for good. For those ones who love the Lord. That's what the Bible says. All things work together for good. Bad ones, good ones, God giving you blessings, God healing you, God increasing you, and then after some time he chips in with hardships, very, very hard. Everything is working together. Good. With those ones who love God. Sometimes I look at it as someone knitting a sweater or a cloth. Some threads are moving in this direction. Others are moving across. But the one who is Knitting that sweater, he has a purpose. He knows the design he wants. He knows the sweater that will come out. And sometimes he pulls those threads. 
So all things have to work together. Things are not only moving in a straight line. It is not only the mountain. But sometimes it is the valley. Sometimes it is so David said, even if I walk through the valley of, of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. They rode and they staff, they comfort me. They in other words, there are moments of passing through valleys. There are moments of passing through hard rocks. But I will fear no evil because the author the designer of that sweater, he knows the pattern that will come out. Brother Branham talks about that message of masterpiece about a great sculptor. Okay. He went he had an image of Moses in his mind. And he went to the quarry chipped off a very huge stone brought it in his workshop and he started working on it chipping it having in mind the image of Moses and day and night he was chipping off he would get a brush and you know clean it working tirelessly until after some time a lot of suffering sleepless nights he came with a true image of how Moses looks like and the prophet says, when he looked at it, he was too inspired. Until it looked real. All the suffering, all the laboring had come to pass. He saw what he had in his mind. And then he smote it around the knee. And he said, why don't you speak? And the prophet says, that is what made it a portrait of fame. Because people would come and ask, why, why, why this car? They would be told the inspiration of Moses. How it became so real. And the prophet says that's what God did to his son Jesus Christ. He had in mind how Christ would be like. How he would portray him here on earth. And then when he saw that great image of Christ he had to take him on the cross at Calvary and he smote him for your sins and my sins. And he says that's what he does to his children. Day by day, he's working on us. Working on us. Chipping, breaking. Sometimes it is too painful. Sometimes Moses would get a brush and clean it. Even when God is working on us, sometimes it is too hard. But sometimes he brings some good moments. A brush of testimonies. 
But he has a figure in his mind of how he wants his church to be like. That great sculptor, the Lord Jesus Christ, is working on you and me every day. He's the porter. We are just lamps of clay in his hand. We just have to lay in his hand as he works on us. Just as we sing in that song, have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thine will, while I am waiting, yielded and still, your work is to wait and to yield in his hands as he's working on you. All things are working together for good with those ones who love the Lord. He says, when Jesus leaves your house, watch for the sicknesses to come. Trouble, heartaches, disappointments. Don't you believe that? When Jesus leaves your house, troubles will come in just as soon as he leaves. Because in this case, he wasn't driven away, but he went because his father his father's work was calling for him. He's talking about Lazarus. When Lazarus died, when Jesus had been called by his father to go and preach in Bethany, and he says, when Jesus leaves your house, then trouble will come. Jesus was always in the house, in the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. But when his father called him, then trouble set in. He went away because his father's Work was calling for him. And he went away to preach. I believe Jesus saw the vision of Lazarus. They sent for him. He didn't come. They sent for him again. He didn't come. Sometimes he can't come just when you call him. But remember, all the things work together for good to them that love the Lord. When he left and went away, trouble came in. Lazarus fell sick. But the prophet is telling us, the Lord was watching in a vision. From the time he fell sick, he was watching. He knew they sent for him first time he could not come they sent for him again he could not come and the prophet is telling us sometimes he may go on the knees and call upon him Lord this problem Lord this issue he may not come immediately 
But it does not mean that he has not heard. That he does not know. He knew he had a vision of Lazarus. And the Bible says after Lazarus had been dead and buried four days. Here he comes. Tells his disciples. Let us go and awake Lazarus. And they thought he was sleeping. But he tells them, no he's dead. And the Bible says that when he reached the outskirts of Bethany. Amen. Amen. When she had the word that Jesus had come, she told him that, Oh, my master, if you were there, our brother would not have died. She had a good attitude towards the Lord Jesus Christ. She didn't curse him. And tell him we have been giving you food. We have been taking care of you. We call you. And yet you had power to save our brother. And you don't come. And now his parents are rotting in the grave. What type of person are you? Brother Branham preached the whole sermon there. Attitude. Then you how the children of Israel complained. And they showed Moses and they cast and they cast Moses. And yet all these things were happening for God the purpose. God knew everything about them. But here Martha had a good attitude. She didn't cast if you are here, my brother Lazarus will not have But yet I know that whatsoever you ask the Father, he will grant it unto you. And the Lord tells her, your brother Lazarus will live again. I know she will live again on the last day. At the resurrection, Jesus tells her, I'm the resurrection and life. He who believes in me, though he was dead, yet shall he live again. Where have you buried her? They take her to the grave. Remove the grave. Mary says, he has been buried four days long. He must be stink. The oh, place should be stink. And Jesus tells them, did that tell you that if you can only believe, you will see the glory of the Lord. And the Bible says, when they removed the grave, and he called the name of Lazarus, Lazarus come forth. Lazarus ejected from the grave because he heard the cry of his maker. And he said, untie him and give him something to eat. Brethren, whatever situation, however dark it is, God has powers to change that gloom into joy and peace. Jesus was demonstrating what he will, be, what he will do when he appears in the clouds. For the Lord himself will, will descend with a shout. 
he has already descended with that shout which is the message of the hour we are waiting for the trump of God and his voice come out all those ones who died in Jesus Christ will come out and the trump will gather them together join the Lord in the air. Our Lord can do anything at any time. In all things we have to give thanks. We don't know sometimes why things happen the way they do. And he's telling us they called for him. He didn't come. You may call and he may not come. But he knows why. But he's in full control. The prophet talks about a certain lady. A sister who was sick. And then she called for the prophet to pray for her. They were going to operate her. Her condition was so bad. Then the prophet comes in the hospital. And he asks her, how have you been with the Lord? And she told him, Brother Branham, I strayed somehow. I went in the world. I grieved the Lord. But I'm ready to put myself right. And she cleared her life. Even her mother who was nursing her also said I had also backslidden. So they put their lives right. And the prophet prayed for her and her condition started improving drastically. And she got healed. And when she was remaining with just a short while to be discharged, she tells the mother, Mom, do you know? I feel like going home. And the mother told her, that is wonderful. Shortly the doctor will come and he will discharge us and you will go back home to your family. And then shortly after that, she closes her eyes and packs. And people wondered, during the funeral of that lady, Brother Branham was around and he was wondering, Lord, I prayed for this woman. She made her life right with you. How come that now she has gone? It kept on bothering him. And he says one time he was somewhere at the seashore praying and she starts getting a vision. And he was seeing this girl in a vision. And it was during her birthday she had gone with her with her husband and she was on the beach swimming and a wave came and also drowned her and people rushed in and they saved her life 
And the Lord told Brother Branham, I would have taken her that time. But her life was not yet right with me. But now that her life is okay, I had to take her. And that settled the prophet. Sometimes we ask ourselves questions. Lord, why such and such a thing? God has a purpose for all things. As long as you are his child and you are in his perfect will, all things will work together for good. In all situations, we have to give thanks because he is Lord. We just have to surrender our lives in his hands and say, Lord, thy will be done. He's not a God of mountains only. He's a God of valleys. He's a God of good situations. He's a God of bad situations. He's a God of the day. He's a God of the night. The prophet went to preach a certain funeral of a young boy called, I think it was called Gennesaret. 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 He was a good Christian. He loved God with all his heart. A boy of about 14 years old. He had a certain sickness that used to trouble him a lot. And the prophet would go and pray for him. But unfortunately, after some time, that sickness killed him. Now Brother Branham was preaching at his funeral. He said, we thank God for the life of this young boy. And we know that on the resurrection morning, he will rise again. Though God has taken him at a tender age, but I know that he will rise again. Because he had given all his life to Christ. And he said, everything that serves God's purpose, God will rise it again. Amen. He said, look at this, the sun. It serves God's purpose. It raises early in the morning. Sets in the evening and the following morning it rises again because it is serving God. Look at the trees. They kind of die when they are cut down. Job was saying, look at the trees. When they are cut down, when they get the smell of water, they'll prove again but what about man he was wondering until God showed him that vision of his redeemer so everything that serves God it will rise again and on that funeral the prophet said he said God is just like like just as you would see a florist Amen. A florist, 
will get you know flowers big here and there just to make a very good bookie maybe for someone to take to the hospital but when he's making that bookie he does not only pick flowers that are of the same stage that only old flowers Amen. Just like a rose, he brings the old ones and then he mixes with these ones which are budding to make a wonderful flower. That's what the Lord does. When he's cutting, to make that wonderful bookie. He will cut the middle aged. He will cut the very young ones. It is all for his glory. He is making a bookie. All things are working together for good. He will take the old people he will take the young ones. In our language we say, Oh, Mukama Yamutute. Meaning, he has been so young. And God has taken him over. That he or she has been yes. so young, oh, very young, but God, God has taken him. God will take him. bad things. He will take old ones. That is his own prerogative. He does it for his purpose. But as long as you are in the will of God, all things are to work together for those ones who love Amen? Amen. And the Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord, is the death of his sins. God can take your young boy. He knows why he has taken him over. He can take an old person. He can take a middle-aged. But precious in his sight is the death of his sins. And our prophet said, nothing will happen to you without God allowing And nothing will happen to you when your time has not yet come. He's Lord of all situations. He's Lord of our lives. He's in full control. Whatever comes our way, we should appreciate him because he knows it and he allows it for a purpose. In all things, give thanks to the Lord for it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He's Lord, he's Lord, he's Lord. Amen. He hath risen from the dead and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is and he is Lord, Lord, he is Lord, amen. He 
hath risen from the dead and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is and he is king, king of kings, amen. He hath risen from the dead and he is king. Every shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is and he is here he is with us amen he hath risen from the dead and Precious, loving Heavenly Father, we want to appreciate you, King of Glory, because you and you alone is the architect of our lives. You loved us when we were unlovable, filthy and dirty Lord. You hold us out of our walks of life. Father, you are the one leading. You are that gentle shepherd. We don't know the way. You know the way. Father, just like that poet sang, where he leads me, I will follow. Help us to follow you, Lord Jesus. Wherever you will lead us, Lord, even through the mountains, through dark areas, through valleys, King of Glory, you do all things for a purpose. You have a purpose, Lord Jesus. You are not the author of frustration, but you are the author of peace. We know that all things are working together in our lives. And Lord, you have a good plan for us to give us an expected end. You are that mighty precious potter. We are just lamps of clay in your eternal hands. I pray Lord that you help us to yield as you walk on us King of glory as you mold us Father just in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give us the strength Lord and the courage along this journey. Give us a clear view of your goodness and your mercy Lord Jesus. We surrender our lives unto you King of glory. 
judgment and I'll go with thee with thee all the way He will give me grace and glory He will give me grace Reach 
It's what the Lord. 